Good morning. Uh, welcome as we come to worship, whether you've gathered here uh, in person or whether you're joining us um, online this morning, we bid you uh, a warm welcome as we come to remember the life, death and resurrection uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ as we celebrate communion together today, as we remember that the God that we worship is, remains alive and well. Uh, and so as we come to worship, we come with energy and with life. Uh, we don't worship someone who's dead or made of stone or wood or carved by a human hand but one who has defeated life's final death and life's final enemy and is now alive and reigns on high. The scriptures tell us that this is how God showed his love amongst us, that he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Indeed, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so we might die to sins and live for righteousness because by his wounds you have been healed. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you that we have the opportunity to gather together with one voice and with one purpose to set aside distractions, to focus upon you. Lord, not that we simply leave everything that's going on in our lives out of this space, but that we can come closer to you in this time that we set aside in order that we can leave our burdens with you. We can hear your word read and proclaimed. We can pray and intercede for the things that burden us most and for the, the situations that we see in our world. And we can join together. We can have fellowship together and we can rejoice in you today. We can reset our lives and our clocks for the week that is yet to come. By your spirit and by your presence, allow us to take another step on our journey with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Reading is taken from Galatians chapter 2. As for those who seem to be important, whatever they to me, God does not judge by external appearance. Those men added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as Peter had been to the Jews. For God, who was at work in the ministry of Peter as an apostle to the Jews, was also at work in my ministry as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Peter, and John, those reputed to be pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the Jews. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. If while we seek to be justified in Christ, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners, does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, I prove that I am a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Andy. Um, 
prior to the pandemic, we uh, had people reading uh, at a month at a time here in church, uh, which was wonderful. Um, then whenever we went um, online and <clears throat> we were trying to include lots of different people uh, throughout and see very familiar faces um, during the time that we were online. And since that as well, we've kept um, a different person reading uh, each week in a sense. Um, we'd love to kind of bring that uh, back a little bit and we've created a, a rota to see how that goes uh, for the next number of months. And so if you would like to read in church, um, have a word with me or put your name in the rota, which is out uh, in the porch. Um, and then we'll get in contact with you prior to your Sunday uh, as to what the actual reading is. Um, so don't forget that, uh, sitting out there. Or if you're watching online and you would like to do that, uh, please let me know um, and we can uh, get you recorded uh, if that's a, a thing that works uh, for you. Uh, and that can be used here um, as well. well. As we begin to look at this passage today, let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather, uh, to look at your word, um, to examine your word, and to hear from your word. So help us, Lord, in this moment. Um, give us space, um, give us patience, and give us ears to hear. And may it be your word and not my word that speaks deep into our being today. In your name, amen. So we're second in this series of Born to be Free as we walk through the book of Galatians. Uh, today, as we've already heard, we're in uh, chapter 2. Uh, we explore what it means to be free um, in Christ. And we heard last week in Galatians chapter 5 as we opened the series that it says, Paul says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm then. Do not yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. We're to stand firm and accept and receive the freedom that Christ can give to us. We heard last week as we looked at chapter 1 that freedom comes with boundaries. As we have boundaries in our lives, we know that often we're able to be freer than simply just doing whatever it is that we want. It keeps us on the right path. It keeps us in the right place and enables us to journey together because then we become aware of what it means to be a Christian as well. We become aware of how we can encourage, challenge, and strengthen each other. Now, Paul, the Apostle Paul, um, is a straight talker. We see that in his writings and in his letters. Um, and for that reason, many people don't quite like some of the things that he has to say. Sometimes it's set to the side because it's almost too challenging, too close to the bone, too close to the mark. Uh, and so we kind of want to dismiss some of it. We see, look at verse 8 uh, of our reading today. Uh, and he says this, for God, who has set at work in the ministry of Peter, an apostle to the Jews, who is also at work in my ministry as an apostle to the Gentiles. He shoots straight from the hip. He says, Peter's got a rule and I've got a rule. As we heard in chapter 1 last week, his rule was to the Gentiles. And to the challenges that were coming to that, he stood up against them. He's not afraid, actually, to have challenges in his life. And the Bible doesn't shy away from conflict with each other. We can see that in chapter 1. We'll see that later on in Galatians, and we'll see that in other places. Not everyone sees eye to eye all of the time, but yet they could continue with one purpose, which was to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, to advance his kingdom and to grow his church. So we said already this morning, Paul sees his role to preach to the Gentiles. Verse 7 says this, On the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with a task of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as Peter had been for the Jews. Now, 
that's quite a strange one because Paul uh, was Saul, uh, was persecuting the Christian church, was a Jew, uh, had risen through the ranks of the Jewish religion, had become a teacher uh, and a law keeper in the Jewish religion, and then had the Damascus Road experience, the blinding light of, of conversion on the Damascus Road. And all of a sudden, he sees his purpose as preaching to the Gentiles, the ones who he would previously have seen as complete heathens, <laughs> the ones who had and should not have a part in God's kingdom. Gentiles were those people who were outside of God's kingdom, not a part of it. But as you look on into verses 8 and 9, you see that there's a coming together between him and Peter. They see a purpose while it's different to do the same thing, to bring everybody to know Jesus Christ. The pieces of the jigsaw, as we've said in the, in the past, the little piece of the jigsaw that everybody plays their part, a bit like the shaving brush example earlier today, creates the big picture. You know, I wonder whenever Paul was writing this letter to Galatia um, almost 2,000 years ago, I wonder did he think that his words, that his purpose was to speak to the Gentiles would mean that he would be talked about in Deravulgi in 2022. Because to all intents and purposes, we are the Gentiles. Probably not. He probably couldn't grasp how far and how wide the gospel of Jesus Christ would move and flood the world. That people here in Deravulgi would come to faith and know Jesus Christ and be added to his kingdom in 2022. But that is happening. But throughout the early church, there's a common thread. We see this in verse 10. And they asked, was, they asked, was that that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing that I was eager to do? So he says, look, we've got differences. You're supposed to, I'm preaching to the Gentiles, you're preaching to the Jews. We can agree to disagree on that because we've got a similar purpose. But we have to hold at the core of that that we look after the poor. We add into that the marginalized, the widows. That's the purpose of the gospel, is to bring good news to those who need it. To look out and to care for in our words and in our actions. And it's not always about what it is that we say. Often it is about the actions that we do. The simple, everyday, little things that we do to encourage other people or to help someone else. To show kindness. Those little random acts of kindness that we are really good at actually in this parish as we look out for each other. What are we doing as a church? And this is a question for us as a church actually. What are we doing at the moment to reach those who are marginalized, those who are on the fringe? Remember we said last week the gospel does not change. Jesus Christ does not change. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. Last week we heard that if the gospel changes, then it is actually no gospel at all because it's been watered down. It's been diluted and it becomes ineffective in its core and at its purpose. So it has to remain the same. So what Paul is writing 2,000 years ago stands true today for us in this place. Today in this passage we read and we see a foundational truth of the gospel. It's one which cannot be changed, 
nor can it be neglected. It's a pillar upon which we build our faith. And we find it in verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. It's not about me. It's actually not about you. It's about him. You must decrease, and he must increase. And in a moment, we will remember his life, his death, and his resurrection as we celebrate communion together. We're not to take that moment lightly. We're not to take that moment ineffectually. We're not to diminish his power or his purpose amongst us in that holy moment. First, Paul says in verse 21, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Christ died for nothing if you and I can gain our own salvation. Many of you will already know that C.S. Lewis is one of my favorite authors or writers or thinkers. The first book I ever read um, after I'd recommitted my life and kind of made a step forward with God, it was C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity. Uh, I was at university, I remember buying this little book um, in the Christian bookshop in Coleraine. Uh, it was $4.99, I thought it was very expensive. Um, not only was a Balmain man, I was a student uh, as well. Uh, but I remember taking this little book um, and putting it in the pocket of my coat and reading it in the bus and the train in and out um, to university grappling with what it says in us, trying to understand what this new faith means um, to me, trying to understand how I could ground this faith into my life, how I could make a difference with what it is that I do. And as C.S. Lewis finishes this book, here's what he says. The principle runs through all of life from top to bottom. Give up yourself and you'll find your real self. Lose your life and you will save it. Submit to death, the death of your ambitions, your favorite wishes every day, and death of your whole body in the end. Submit with every fiber of your being, and you will find eternal life. Keep back nothing. Nothing that you have not given away will be really yours. Nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. Look for yourself, and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ, and you will find him, and with him, everything else thrown in. That changed my thinking in that moment of how I could live out my life. It changed my thinking that no longer was this just about me. As a young adult at university, thinking of the career that lay ahead of me, thinking of the life and the span of years that was yet to come, and what I wanted to achieve in life, suddenly in that moment, I can still see myself sitting on a train from Portrush to Coleraine as I read that. 
thinking, it's actually not about me. It's about him. And in those moments, the beginning of the whispers in my ear that maybe I wasn't to be doing what it was that I was training to do. Maybe I was to begin to do something like this. And the fear that was in me, the trepidation that was in me, the, I know you're going to giggle at this, the fear because I was so introverted and so shy, how could I stand at the front of anyone? How could I tell a story that had not even begun in my life? And in reading those words, I began to realize that actually it's not my story. It's Jesus' story. And he has invited me to journey with him on his story. It's his death. It's his life. It's his resurrection. It's his power. It's his creation. It's his world. It's his salvation. And I was to play my small part. I was to pick up my jigsaw piece and set it on the table. And as I set my jigsaw piece on the table and the hope and the aspirations that other people would do the same, that God would put together the big picture of his story. And whenever that big picture came to be, that glorious day, whenever I stand at the throne room of God in heaven, I'd be able to see my tiny, insignificant little piece making all the difference. Because it's never about me. It's always about him. So what is your response today? How will you take another step with Jesus today? He has paid the price in full. He has cleared the path. And I don't know about you, but I have a little app on my phone called What Three Words. Anybody else have that little app on their phone? No. It's a little app on the phone that you're, where you are in your location has three very specific little words that are only to that particular location within three meters. And so it means that anywhere you are in the world, if you need help, you can send that location. You don't have to say, oh, I'm on the, that road that goes between the Boomer's Road and somewhere else, and I'm down in a hill and I'm stuck on top of whatever. Here is my three words. I looked up where the rectory was one day, completely random. It was like saucepan floor and dandelion or something. Like it was, they're completely random. But they give the emergency services your exact location. The exact location for the salvation and the free gift of God comes in three words. Grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone. It's by taking a step of faith in the grace and in the benefit of God's saving power 
through his son, Jesus Christ. That means you take another step on your journey and you are then found. Your location is known and is identified by the creator. So what is your response today? we pause to reflect on that in a moment. Take a moment of silence to simply allow our own thoughts and our own responses to God. To allow His Holy Spirit to speak softly or shout loudly in our life. Help us, Jesus, to see you more clearly, to love you more dearly, but above all, to recognize that we, as we decrease, you increase, to recognize that it's your story that we join. Help us this day and evermore. In your name. Amen. As we close today, we hear some words uh, from the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 20. It says this. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with every good work for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And so may the blessing of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.